Nine o'clock. Thanks for joining us, Jim and the Buckeye Boy. It's the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. It is Wednesday. You know the drill, pile. It's a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. And it doesn't have to be exclusively things from the sports world to complain about. I know some of you are complaining about LeBron James today. How dare he become the NBA's all-time leading scorer? How dare he create even more momentum for him maybe being the greatest NBA player of all time? Yeah, but he didn't go to college. He shoots threes. Those records shouldn't get... Yeah, he's... He's too strong. His game's too well-rounded. Tight, try growing a full head of hair. Yeah, come on. Yeah, come on, LeBron. Yeah, grow hair like Mike. Oh, that's right. Mike didn't really have Ooh, ouch. <laughs> too <laughs> soon. Cheap shot. Wow. What, on my part? Yeah. Mike didn't really have hair. Too Please. soon. But, but, but it's truth, though. Come on. It's truth. There's a big, hairy American winning machine. Has Michael Jordan ever considered to have a great hair? No, he didn't have any. Mm-hmm. Try doing it without a full beard, LeBron. Michael Jordan did grow facial hair. Exactly. He didn't, need, he didn't need facial hair. We're having some fun with you today, Pyle, because you... A lot of, what about? Yeah. What about this? What about that? All right. That's the greatest calls. left-handed scorer of all time. You know, uh, MJ smoked smoked more Stokies. Yeah, played more golf. Mm-hmm. MJ had a much bigger gambling problem than my, than LeBron. <laughs> yeah, he did. LeBron's never played minor league baseball, right? And failed at it. There's no. going to be so LeBron didn't take Michael took a year off to go play. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Michael also played for the Wizards <laughs> at the end there too. So, all right, it's nine o'clock. Uh, Brian Ross, CSU Rams voice coming up a little bit, but uh, time to talk some Avs hockey right now with Connor McGahee. Talking Avalanche hockey with the voice of the Avs, Connor McGahee on the team. With us right now is the voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahee. Connor, how are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm sitting by the water in Tampa, uh, and I'm looking at the arena where the last time we were in there, the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup, so I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. You're doing much better than, than either Buckeye or myself. It did, did a couple little little tears come to your you know to yes. your eyes? Yes. Of, you know, no, thinking I, back to that you, moment, Conrad, I would be bawling like a baby thinking about you, that. You kid, but no, I, I mean I'm not even kidding. And I and I and I sent out a picture of it and uh, with a picture of Gabe Landeskog talking with uh, with Peter McNabb and. Uh, Yes, so to be honest, it's been uh, it's been an emotional morning, and and, uh, and uh, it, it's funny how sights and sounds and smells bring back memories of all kinds, and it's it's definitely where were you when? What did you feel then? What did it sound like? What uh, who were you with? That kind of thing. And uh, right, so it's been it's been a good morning here in Tampa. Absolutely, and look, I would never kid about that. I mean, even I mean with. With Peter McNabb's passing, I mean that. I mean the the moment, you know, unto itself, for mm-hmm. for you calling that would be for me very emotional. But then you yeah. factor in Peter and, and, and losing Peter McNabb, and what a great gentleman he was. I, I just yeah, I, I got to admit I'm getting a little 
we get a little choked up thinking about it right mm-hmm. now about about what that had to mean for you to to yeah. think about Peter and to think about that moment. Well, it was the best moment of my career, without a doubt. I mean, by a million miles, to be able to be there um, with the team that I grew up with to win the cup and to be able to have the opportunity to call that and to be there with him. Um, one of the very best, one of the very best people that I've ever met and not knowing exactly what the future would hold for him in the coming months. Um, that's what made it extra special. And in the 96 and 01 championships, he was there, but he never got to go on the ice. And this time he got to go on the ice and he got to, to, to see the families and talk to the players. Uh, the, the, the picture I talked about, Gabe Landeskog came over and, and put his arm around him and they, and they talked for, you know, for, for quite, quite a long time and complimented each other. And it was just a tremendous moment that I was lucky enough to watch and see. And, and, uh, and Peter never wanted to touch the, the, the cup, but he finally was almost forced to. And he said later that he was glad that he did. Um, so it was it was beyond beyond special um, to be able to be here in that moment uh, with such a great man. Connor McGahey joining us today from Tampa, and one more Peter McNabb story. I, I, if you indulge me for a moment, um, hey, we can we can do this uh, all day, Jimmy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> when and, I, and I'm I'm so sorry we didn't get the chance to see each other before the St. Louis game. We got there oh, a little bit yeah, late and some yeah, things. I'm sorry too. Oh, I just you know, yeah, you have. You have a gig. You're busy, man, and I understand that. And hopefully, it will <laughs> will cross paths and uh, be able to uh, to connect in person here yeah. sometime down the road. But uh, I was talking with Chris Schaefer with Altitude, and, and Chris yeah. shared. I thought it just a, a great story about when he was there on an intern tour uh, to work <laughs> for Altitude, and yep. he was there with uh, with his now wife, who was his girlfriend at that time, and and they were there on on this tour, and he saw Peter McNabb. And he was the only one in the group that really that knew who Peter McNabb was. Nobody else really had any idea who who Peter was, and so Chris starts talking with Peter McNabb, and and Peter spent a good fifteen twenty minutes or so. Or, or they talked so long that the rest of the tour had wandered off, and Chris had to <laughs> and, and his girlfriend had to go go find the tour because Peter just and and he said he always made you feel like the most important person. Yeah. at that moment he it was always about you what are you doing and and you know what, what you know what are your hopes dreams aspirations things what what do you think about this and and he said like i'm just some intern kid and i'm just some guy that might might end up interning at altitude and he made me feel special and i just i just thought that was such a wonderful story about peter McNabb that, that chris was able to to share with me when we were over there yeah and that the story of chris is is there's a thousand stories like that with Peter and people who would try and make it about him and his playing career, his dad winning the cup with the Red Wings and on and on. Um, he would always turn it around and make it about you, uh, no matter what it was. What can I do for you? Can I be there for you? One of our uh, internal group uh, of replay ops has been with the crew for a long time. He's with TNT now, but at the birth of his first child, they, they had him and his wife who were at the hospital and uh, but Peter was able to to sort of get some in, some information on where they were, and guess who's the first person there? Even before the parents of both of the parents get there, it's Peter McNabb, of course. and he shows up with a with a birdie doll, and, and he's <laughs> the first to, to, to hold the child. Oh. So this is this is this is the type of human that uh, again there are a million stories uh, 
that we could uh, regale each other with uh, for a long time. Yeah, I just think it's it's great to take some time, you know, this this year, you know, the season after winning the cup and and remembering Peter and and uh, what a special person that he was. Uh, Connor yeah. McGahey joining us today from from Tampa, Florida, Avs and uh, the Lightning tomorrow, the Stanley Cup final rematch. Uh, we'll have it here on the team tomorrow at four thirty. Uh, Avs come off the break, uh, the All Star break. Actually, uh, they, they lose last night two to one in overtime. But they played a really good game. They were sharp. I mean, they did not look like a rusty hockey team. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh's goaltending has not been great, but it held up pretty well against the Avalanche last night. I just thought it's it's disappointing that that the Avs lost last night. But it wasn't a loss where you go, well, they played like dog do. No. They played really well <laughs> last night. They had a great game last night, even though they they took the loss. Hundred percent, and that was complete thievery for, by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, Casey DeSmith, I guarantee, will never play another game like that in his career, uh, ever. I mean, that was, that was um, Nathan McKinnon hit two posts, um, and the Avalanche were completely dominant, and the score was not indicative of the play, and, um, and you, you get two strange bounces and, um, interesting on ice decisions, I'll, I'll put it that way, um, that, that helped sort of maybe turn the tide a little bit and change the, the dynamics of the third period. Uh, but the they were great, and that was a big point for Jared Bednar because after the Christmas break, remember we were in Arizona, and flat as a pancake, the Avalanche came out of that break because they had won four in a row before that. Uh, they went on the Christmas break, they came back, and it was, it was just as bland as could be. And the Avalanche brand of hockey had gone away. Last night was different. They did pretty much everything perfectly. One of the best games I've seen Nathan McKinnon play possibly ever. Um, all facets, defensively, uh, moving legs, skating, forechecking, stick. I mean, everything from Nathan McKinnon was virtually perfect last night. And uh, so the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I think they know this too, they absolutely stole one last night from the Avalanche. And they're not going to get many of those opportunities uh, Pittsburgh is in danger, I, I think, especially in the Eastern Conference, uh, of missing the playoffs the first time since Sidney Crosby uh, has been a part of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So um, Pittsburgh stole that one last night. There should be no concern from Avs fans because Colorado played great. Avs drop it 2-1 in overtime at Pittsburgh last night. Connor McGahee joining us today on the Team Sports Network. Kale McCarr taking that uh, that shot from Jeff Carter last night. Uh, refs missed it. You know, it was a blindside shoulder check. Uh, fortunately, Kale did come back uh, out of the dressing room, but but that was uh, man, that's one that should have been called last night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely hated it. I, I thought it was a horrible hit that was done on purpose by Jeff Carter, who's been in the league uh, for a long time, and uh, I, I, I was starting to look this morning. I haven't seen since. I have seen no announcement from the Department of Player Safety as 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 a, as a comes to a hearing for, for Jeff Carter. Um, referee Gord Dwyer told Kale McCarr that they ran into each other. Um, but but to me, to make contact with a head like that is is on purpose. And that's the type of hit that that we've been talking about for over a decade now that you want out of the National Hockey League. You can't have it. Um, it should have been called a penalty. The play should have at least been stopped because, I, I mean, are we just posturing when it comes to the health of players when when we have head injuries, Kale McCarr is down on the ice after taking contact to the head and play continues. Um, so uh, I know that uh, that upon looking at it 
numerous times. A, a lot of people have come to the same conclusion. I'm actually surprised that there was not more buzz league-wide about it this morning. But uh, that, to me, is an intentional, uh, high, suspendable hit from Jeff Carter last night. Habs Radio Voice, Connor McGahee, joining us today from Tampa, Florida, on the Team Sports Network. Uh, we did see Bo Byram's return, uh, return from that lower body injury, at 21 minutes last night. He's missed 38 games. And I think the feeling from Jared Bednar was that, you know, all things considered last night, he liked what he saw from Bo. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and Bo does, does little things that are extraordinary and big things that are extraordinary. He adds so much to the Avalanche defensive core. Um, it really is incredible. And um, just to, once you have him back, Josh Manson is on the trip, he won't play, but you put those two together. And then Gerard and Johnson is your third defensive pair. I mean, that is as solid as it gets. Bo Byram is one of the smartest players out there. Um, Personality-wise, he brings um, a little bit of goofiness and, and some lightheartedness, which I think is important. Um, and the, 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 the whole team loves him, and that, uh, that attitude and that personality goes a long way on a, on a trip, in a game, in a dressing room. Um, and Jared Bednar said as much before the game yesterday, we're just going to throw him into the fire. 20, 21 minutes, had some power play time, playing in all situations. So um, when you're a top-four defenseman, which he is in the National Hockey League, that's what you have to have to do. He said he's been ready to go for over a week, and uh, I thought he was wonderful last night. Tampa Bay coming up tomorrow. Lightning right now, 32-16-2. And, and if they were playing in the Western Conference, they would lead – the Central, the Pacific, they wouldn't lead the Metropolitan right now. Carolina's got a better record. But in the, the Atlantic, I mean, she speaks to how good Boston, that great start they got after that incredible start, or, or Boston and Toronto lead that division right now. And the 32-16-2, Tampa Bay, they're, they're the number three team in that division with a record that would lead any of the other two divisions in the West. Yeah, and that's why I think the Avs are grateful that they're in the West because you have a chance to, to get in and, and make some noise, and there's going to be some good teams that miss in the East. Um, I'm not saying that Tampa is one of those, but it's possible. Florida's another one. Uh, I mean, Florida beats Tampa the first game back from the break the other night, 7-1. to one. Um, and, then, and then the Lightning come home and they lose uh, in overtime, uh, up 3-1 over San Jose. And then Timo Meyer scores twice. Uh, and so Tampa's dropped two in a row. And the Avalanche will get them on uh, on night four with three games, uh, which which could be advantageous. But uh, don't underestimate the fact that it's a, a rematch of the Stanley Cup final, uh, a game that you lost in your building. And, uh, you know, the, the fact that Tampa is where they are is always impressive. That's um, now three straight finals. Uh, again, like you said, vying for... Uh, the division lead. I mean, they were they were not the division leaders last year, um, but they knew how to get in and they knew how to win. Um, so, as long as the main players are around for them, this is this is going to be how it is. But the Avalanche are going to play three games this week versus teams that uh, that are, are are really tiptoeing on a precipice, and that that's what makes these games meaningful uh, and more difficult to uh, to win. Mikita Kucherov having another outstanding season. Leads the, the Lightning in points, 75 points right now. Braden Point leads them in goals with 31. A couple of the key guys, Steven Stamkos, obviously, and, and that mix as well of, 
of the the usual suspects are still the, the go-to guys for Tampa Bay. Yeah, and uh, when you have juggernauts in the NHL or, frankly, in any sport, I mean, that's that's how it is. Your, your big guys need to lead the way. And then when it comes to, to you know, Thursday night games where you're having an off night, you need depth players. When it comes to a playoff series, you need depth players. But for the the width and breadth of the regular season, you need your stars to be stars. And uh, that's exactly what Tampa has, and they've performed just like that. And uh, fortunately, the Avalanche do a very nice job with the players that they have of, of really not having um, big stars and other teams go off. I mean, Crosby did have the assist uh, on the game winner last night, uh, but we really haven't seen a game like that in, in a long time where a uh, star goes off for, for four points in the night, for example. And I think that uh, that'll be a big focus for the Avs as they hit the ice for practice today, morning skate tomorrow, and uh, the ice at Amelie Arena tomorrow night. Yeah, I just feel... Like right now, with you know Byram's back, Natchushkin came back a while ago. Landy's still, you know, probably March is for what we keep hearing for Gabriel, Gabriel Landeskog's return, Connor. But the way they played there before the All Star break, particularly that win against St. Louis, I, I just they're they're in a really good spot right now, and this will be a, a a fun test tomorrow taking on the Lightning. But I I really like where the Avs are right now, starting to get healthy. Things are starting to really click for them right now. Yep, and uh, you know it's a it's a combination of having to take care of your business and scoreboard watching a bit, uh, watching Calgary, New York the other night uh, uh, after dinner in Pittsburgh, and one of the best games of the year. And you're hoping that the Rangers are able to win in regulation. Calgary gets a point, but they lose in overtime, so they jump over the Avs. Colorado last night gets a point, they lose in overtime, they jump over Calgary, and, and so now it's a uh, uh, back and forth, to and fro, and uh, but the Avalanche need to get to a point where they're just getting enough points where they don't have to scoreboard watch. But right now, you're just uh, sort of keeping an eye on it, and uh, and hopefully, uh, like you said, they, they kick it into gear, get the personnel that they need in the places where they need them to be, get that chemistry back. And I, I think the Avalanche may not be able to catch Dallas for the division lead, but 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 second in the Central is very well within the realm of possibilities. All right, Connor, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll have the game tomorrow. Connor will bring it to you from Tampa, Florida. Avalanche at the Lightning rematch of last year's Stanley Cup final right here on the Team Sports Network. Connor, I always appreciate it, my friend. Take care. Pleasure's mine, Jimmy. Thank you. All right. Connor McGahey joining us from beautiful Tampa, Florida today. All right, 919. Jim along with uh, the Buckeye Boy today. Coming up next, we'll talk with CSU voice Brian Roth. You notice he just slightly mentioned he was waterside. Uh, he was on. He was beachside. He was. He was rubbing on it the in. water. You know, just you over can here. See the arena. See Amelie Arena yeah. here. You know, last time we were Look, here, looking at the ocean. Got to hang out with the Stanley Cup. The 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 humble brags just keep going. You know, that's kind of what I was getting out of it. But I never. But I never take it when when it comes from Connor as any kind of. It's not a humble brag. It's just a. It's not braggadocious to. I just feel I've have a Deion you, Sanders created word. It's but it is a little bit. I can't of wait the, for the next word he creates. Yeah, that already exists. Um, but I, I do like the. Eh, you know, I'm on this water here. Oh come Last on! Last time I was here, you would you would I would do it. You absolutely. would totally do it. So would I. That's why I appreciate it. 
we either one us if it was us we would totally humble brag on that yeah we are yeah at the site where i called the stanley cup winner last year yeah it's, yeah. it's an incredible incredible feeling to be back here my voice is in their ring box <laughs> for the length of the battery Nine twenty. coming up next csu play-by-play voice brian roth joins us on the jim davis show first of all it's hilarious warped twisted individuals yes the jim davis show on colorado's sports leader the team talking csu with the voice of the rams brian roth on the jim davis show With us right now, the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, the voice of the CSU Rams, Brian Roth. Brian, appreciate you accommodating us today and moving uh, your schedule around a little bit. Oh, good. Just let me sleep in a little bit more, Jim. Appreciate it. Well, good. We we gave you, what, an an extra, what, 15, 20 (laughs) minutes of uh, restful Uh, slumber after calling uh, the Rams and Air Force last night. Uh, Before we uh, talk about that. If you believe that, Jim, if you believe that. uh, You have kids. I know. I know. I know. Otherwise. Yeah, you oh, yeah, here, uh, Utah. Yeah, the the <laughs> the uh, yeah the the Roth ruffians. There's no way that they were going to give you uh, any kind no. of uh, yeah. any kind of restful <laughs> slumber. Before we talk about uh, the Rams and Air Force, um, the situation that happened with the Utah State game and with Max Shulga, uh, I guess just your your takeaway on it. Um, I know most Ram fans are not like that. And if you're not familiar with what happened, Max Shulga is a native of, of Kiev, uh, Ukraine, shooting free throws Saturday in Utah State's went over the Rams. And then there was a group of students chanting Russia, Russia when he was at the foul line. Um, I, I said that's not typical of CSU fans, but boy, that's just, that was just, that was, that was heartbreaking to hear that anybody would think that was a clever, funny, thing to do to somebody like Max Shulga. Yeah, I mean, that's moronic, it's idiotic, it's classless, uh, you know, insert adjective right there. Yeah, I mean, look, I've been in enough college arenas to to hear some some pretty foul stuff, and it it, it happens a lot of different places, and and then this happened at Colorado State, it's inexcusable, but it it was a small group of students, and, and, and it happened late in the game, and and you can kind of hear it, it died down immediately. And I, I think there were other students around saying, you know, knock that crap off. And, and you know, what are you doing? And I, I think it I think it kind of got self-policed there pretty quick. But the fact of the matter is, is that it did happen. And um, at the end of the day, you know, in this day of age that, you know, things spread out on social media and, you know, folks like to get outraged, this, this was the outrage of, of the Saturday night, right? And and it's inexcusable and, and should not happen. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, the Colorado State apologized. The, the university did. Of course, you, you can't police everything that comes out of college students' mouths. And, again, there's been, I mean, look, anybody that's been in a gymnasium, get you hear profanity all the time. You hear profanity chants all the time. And, and you know, again, not to excuse what happened at, at CSU, but it's, it happens. It's, it's student section. But at the end of the day, Colorado State apologized for it. Max Shulga, uh, the re- Ukraine native uh, for Utah State, came out and said, look, I get it. It's a few students. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, I want to move on from this. And so, to me, 
it's over. It happened. CSU's trying to deal with the students that did it. Uh, they're trying to identify them. Max Shulga wants to move on. Utah State wants to move on. And so, to me, that's where it ends. It was unfortunate. Let's turn the page. But, of course, uh, if you go on social media, you know, uh, uh, the outrage machine is all whipped up into a frenzy, yeah. and they want to keep that thing going when, when really, I, I think all parties want to want right. to bond. And I'm like, and I'm not trying to keep fanning the flames myself. I just, I mean, you were there. It's it's an incident sure. that happened, and and, and I didn't uh, hear it. Jim. Yeah, I, that, I did. I did not hear it. Now, obviously, you go back and listen to the to the the audio from from TV, and and you can hear it. I mean, yeah. it, it it happened, but. You know, it, it, it wasn't one of those. And I've talked to several Ram fans that were in the stadium, the arena, too. They didn't hear it as it was happening. So, it, it, you know, when when you're able to just kind of look at it, uh, listen to it online from the TV broadcast, you can really identify it and, and tune into it. But uh, speaking to some of the CSU players, too, most of them didn't hear it either. So it wasn't this huge, massive chant where everybody in the arena is like, oh, my gosh, they're right. in Russia. It it kind of got picked up by the Utah State radio announcer, Scott Gerard, who's a friend of mine, and then it started to snowball from there. So, But at the arena, I, I had no idea it happened until uh, I was sitting on my couch at home on Saturday night, scrolling through Twitter, being, uh-oh, this what's, is not what, a good look. Yeah, what's yeah, what's going on here? Yeah. And, and but I had no idea. No right. Idea. Yeah, Brian Roth joins us today, uh, play-by-play voice of the CSU Rams. And you're right. I think Max Shulga's right. You're right. I mean, it's it it's it's a horrible, awful thing that a few stupid knuckleheads thought was a a a funny thing to say to somebody at the foul line to get them to miss. Which I, I just you know there's there's no there's no place for the for a comment like that. But then again, like you're saying, let's let's not paint all you know Ram Nation. As you know, the, the, these awful, horrible, reprehensible people. It was a small group of idiots saying something insensitive and stupid, and it was dealt with. And let's let's move on from that standpoint. Oh. I, but but I mean, you're right. But people that don't want to let it go. It's all Ram, CSU Ram fans are terrible human beings. They're all bad people. No, a small group of student idiots were the bad people in this. Yeah, no, no, quite. Utah State. Their student section again. I'm not trying to drag them down, but a couple of years ago, uh, they were they were chanting "refugee" at the, at a player on a, on another team who was a refugee uh. Uh, from a foreign. And it's just, and but that's not that doesn't uh, that's not the Utah State student body either. Exactly, more knuckleheads as as you said. And you know, I can't tell you some of the stuff I I heard get thrown at Larry Eustace. I mean, there was a student section. Channing alcoholic uh, at yeah. the station a number of years ago, which, you know, I mean, <laughs> somebody that's insensitive, has, un- un- entirely unnecessary. Right. So, I mean, look, I, I'm not excusing what the CSU students did and those, those small group of students that did on Saturday night. It's absolutely disgusting. Uh, but when, all, you know, when, when, when Matt Shulga said, look, let's move on, um, I, I think it's time to move on. You can't be more offended than the person who right. uh, the comments were directed at, right? Absolutely. No. My, so let's let's move on from that. But it, it's unfortunate. It's too bad. Well, last night, uh, Rams got that little bit of get the payback against Air Force. Uh, Air Force went to Moby here a few weeks back, got a surprise win. 
Rams take care of business last night uh, in the spring, 69-53. Uh, Isaiah Stevens, 26 points. John Tanji, 21 points last night. Those those two really carried the, the heavy lifting offensively last night because nobody else was in double figures. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a game Colorado State uh, <laughs> felt good to get, right? Uh, the Rams had dropped five consecutive games. So they haven't won a game since January the 14th when they got that dramatic win against um, UNLV in overtime down in Vegas. And, and CSU was just in desperate need of something to go well for them. And, you know, Air Force had come to CSU a month ago, won in overtime, snapping an eight-game skid against Colorado State. So the Rams had a little payback on their mind. It was the best defensive game I think CSU has played all season long. Of course, the Air Force runs that Princeton-style offense, and it's so easy to fall asleep for a half second against that offense. Next thing you know, you're giving up layup after layup on backdoor cuts. And CSU only allowed 20 points in the paint last night, which is a terrific number when you face Air Force. And again, from uh, Tim Miles to Larry Eustace to Nico Medved, coaches I've worked with closely here at CSU, they've all said the same thing. If you want to know if we've won or lost the game against Air Force by looking at the stat sheet and not looking at the final score, go right to points in the paint. And you can get a pretty good idea if we won or lost that game against Air Force by seeing the points in the paint. Last night, points in the paint, Colorado State outscored Air Force by 22. And so that was the uh, major key for Colorado State last night. Then, you know, offensively, uh, the Rams were terrific. I mean, they shot 54% in the game. They only attempted 11 threes. They didn't settle against that matchup zone defense, and they attacked the paint. And uh, it, it was good. It was good to see that team and have some smiles on their faces after a rough, rough five-game stretch. CSU Rams play-by-play voice Brian Roth with us today on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network after the win over Air Force last night. CSU now 11-14, and 14, and you've got some time off here. Uh, next game's Boise State. On my birthday, so can you can you tell Nico and the guys to give me a nice birthday present next Wednesday with a win? I'll, I'll see what I can do. I, I like, like that. Boise State. So February fifteenth, huh? All yeah, right, February fifteenth. Jim, what are you? Forty two. <laughs> oh, God bless you. God bless you, Brian Roth. Forty two. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Thirty eight. 38. Yeah, see, there, okay, there you go. Now you got it right. 38. Yes, 38 years old. 42. I'm insulted, sir. Actually, I'd be thrilled if you said I was, I'm an old man. I was actually 42. No, uh, it's um, a little deeper into the 50s. We'll put it that way, okay? Um, well, you and, don't look it. You don't look it. Oh, well, God bless you, sir. Check is in the mail. I mean, not for just the appearances, but also on this program, but for the kind words. But, uh, Yes, so it's the next Wednesday. You got so plenty of time off here. Uh, this is it's an important game in regard to our you know, like CSU. They want to build something here toward the end of the the regular season. But Boise State right now eight and three uh, in, in the conference. You know you got San Diego State at nine and two, Nevada nine and three, and Utah State eight and three. You know, not that not that being a spoiler does does anything for Nico Medved and the Rams. But there is that motivation, that opportunity coming up with Boise State to kind of throw a little monkey wrench into the, any plans the Broncos have of maybe trying to still win the Mountain West Conference. Well, I think that even though the season is, for all intents and purposes, lost in terms of 
goals. And I, I don't want to say it lost because obviously the Rams could still make a run in the Mountain West tournament and, and still go to the big dance, right? You could still go and make a run in the NCAA tournament and win a national championship, right? I mean, every team could say that at this point. But really, for all intents and purposes, the season is, is lost because the goals that the Rams set out for themselves at the start of the season, um, outside of, again, winning the Mountain West tournament in Vegas next month, are, are, are off the table. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it, anybody who plays at this level uh, or, you know, any college level, you're a competitor, right? And and regardless if, if you're playing a game that's going to matter for a regular season conference championship or not, you know, you want to go out and win each and every night. But do you have to play spoiler? Absolutely. Why not? I mean, you know, it's a Boise State team that beat the Rams by 21 in Boise a couple of weeks ago. You'd like to, as a competitor, go out there and uh, – and fight back a little bit. Uh, you know, San Diego State's right there in the mix, top 25 team, like to go and get a little payback to them. you got New Mexico closing out the season. The Lobo team that lost at home last night to Nevada, they're sitting at 6-5 and five in conference play. They're slipping ever so closely to that NCAA tournament bubble. Hey, chance to, to, to maybe knock them out. Now, the Mountain West Conference as a whole, the conference office wouldn't tell you this. <laughs> they don't want to see that, but Grand fans would, would like to see that. So, yeah, it's still a lot to play for. And, you know, look, I mean, these guys are competitors. They want to go out and win. But I can tell you this, that uh, the weekend off is uh, is welcomed for everybody. Nico's going to give the players both Saturday and Sunday off. And I asked John Tanjay last night about that. When was the last weekend he's had off with zero basketball? He just started laughing and said, September, maybe? So... <laughs> They're going to they're gonna enjoy that, no question. I'm going to enjoy it, too, uh, Jim. I'm going to go and watch a little live music this weekend up here in FOCO. So, looking forward to that. Uh, who are you going to go check out this weekend? I'm going to see Railroad Earth, if you've heard of Railroad Earth. I have not. I'll have to check them out. Ra- Railroad Earth? Yeah, bluegrass, Americana, little jam grass, I guess. Uh yeah, fantastic band. If 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 you're into that, if you like strings, um, yeah, okay. like that band. Yeah, All right, I will. I will. I will check them out. I always appreciate the the music recommendations, so I will give them a little if listen. You're into it, if you're not, you know, no, it's all. Look, I'm always open. Not only probably wouldn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> A Buckeye may not be Buckeye's thing necessarily. No, not really. Doesn't sound like it. Yeah, but I'll I'll certainly give it a listen and, and check it out and see. It might might be something I I, I quite enjoy. But uh, uh, of course, we'll we'll preview uh, more of the the Rams and uh, Boise State coming up next Wednesday on the program. I do have to ask you about Sean Payton because you know now Broncos head coach were they tied to Jay Norvell Rams coach because they were the spare bears during uh, the uh, the strike season. Or they, they played together with the Chicago Bears. Well, I, I guess I never put together that uh, correlation. Good work. Uh, no, I mean, look, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's about as good of a hire as you, you, you possibly can get. Somebody with a proven track record and against someone that understands offense and somebody that, you know, I, I just listened to the press conference and listening to talk afterwards isn't, isn't going to take any any BS from anybody, and uh, you know I think Russell Wilson probably had his way with Nathaniel Hackett, and Russ probably did whatever he wanted to. Uh, doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. No. Here, so. Again, that that's all music to my ears. Not to put that completely on 
on Russell Wilson. But the fact of the matter is, and I've said this on your show many, many times, I want somebody who can fix Russell Wilson. And uh, it sounds like Sean Payton, if, if, if there's anybody that can come in and do it, uh, it sounds like Sean Payton's going to be that guy. So fingers crossed, but, you know, we were talking about this time last year. And we were all excited for Nathaniel Hackett and, and Russell Wilson coming in. And that was probably as excited uh, for a Broncos season as uh, I've been, certainly in the last seven years. So I guess uh, I've I, I tempered expectations, yes. as all uh, Bronco fans probably do a little bit based on by just the bottom falling out yeah. last year. Optimistic, but yeah, reserved in, in my expectations uh, this year. But I, I think Sean Payton, there is an adult in the room. There's a guy that's got skins in the wall, one big skin, a Super Bowl win, and uh, that that goes a long way. What he what he had to say the other day, uh, everything I wanted to hear, and let's hope it actually comes into uh, comes to reality uh, with Sean Payton as a Broncos coach. Brian, thank you so much for uh, switching your schedule around today. I always appreciate the time. All good, Jim. Appreciate it. All right, take care. Enjoy your weekend off. Oh, we will. No question. <laughs> yeah, I mean concerts. Super Bowl party. There you go. It's a busy weekend for Brian Roth. No time for Bed Bath and Beyond or Home Depot. No, you've you've got you've got legitimate fun waiting for you this weekend. Legitimate hey. fun. Yes, sir. <laughs> Take care, Brian. All right. See you guys. All right, Brian Roth, voice of the CSU Rams, uh, joining us on the program this morning. All right, nine thirty nine. Excuse me, Maverick uh, Guard Blaze Three will join us in just a few minutes. It's time right now for. <laughs> That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. Back in time. 1936, Jay Berwanger, University of Chicago halfback and Heisman Trophy winner, is the first player ever selected in the NFL draft. The Philadelphia Eagles make the pick and eventually trade his rights to the Chicago Bears. 1962, Will Chamberlain of the Philadelphia Warriors scores 59 points in a 136-120 win over the Knicks and beats his own single-season scoring record of 3,033 points by six points. Also on this day, 1964, Billy Kidd and James Hugo earn the first men's Olympic alpine skiing medals for the U.S. with a silver and a bronze in the slalom. 1970, Gordie Howe becomes the first NHL player to score 750 goals. Howe gets the milestone by beating Philadelphia Flyers goalie Bernie Parrott three minutes, ten seconds into the third period, but the Red Wings lose five to three. And 1983, Wayne Gretzky puts on a show, scoring four goals in the third period of the Campbell Conference's 9-3 win against the Wales Conference in the NHL All-Star Game and New York's Nassau Coliseum. He breaks Ted Lindsay's record of three goals in an All-Star Game set in 1950. Mavs guard Blaze Three joins us next on the Jim Davis Show. I'm the morning guy. I have a Facebook group, 16 members. Some call it a fan page. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy today on the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. Joining us right now, Maverick Guard, Blaze 3. Blaze, appreciate the time. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing fine. You've become a regular guest on this program, and uh, we always enjoy talking with you. But uh, yeah. this is a really special one, isn't it? You become the 19th Maverick in the history of the program to reach 1,000 points in your career. 
Uh, you do it the same night that your coach, Mike DeGeorge, wins his 300th overall game as a basketball coach. Got to win number 100 as a Maverick coach earlier this season. Take us through what that was like with UCCS and being able to to reach that record uh, so early on in your career. Yeah, I mean, um, it obviously meant a lot to me. Um, I wasn't able to reach it in high school, so it was definitely cool to reach it at the college level. And um, my whole family was in attendance, which was really cool because they don't get to make it out to many games. So, I mean, a couple games in advance, I kind of knew I was getting close, and I knew my family was going to come. So I was like, all right, I kind of I got to pick up the scoring pace a little bit. So I kind of was striving for it. And then for, my, for me to only be four points away and then to get it with my mom, my sister, my brother, everyone was in the building. So it, it meant a lot to me. And then also Coach George, you getting his 300 collegiate win. That's obviously big. So, I mean, it was a, it was a special night for both of us. Look, I did your game on Friday night with Regis. I thought you were going to get it that night because you had a career-high 30 points. You were, I was thinking, okay, he's going he's to do this tonight. Uh, and you you came up a little short. Uh, you came up four points shy of 1,000 on Friday night, took care of it on Saturday. But uh, what a remarkable weekend to, to set a career-high with 30 on Friday night and then the 1,000-point mark on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it meant a lot. I mean, I wasn't really striving for it on Friday, but then I kind of caught a groove. I was like, oh, maybe I can. Maybe I can get it. And we were talking about it at halftime, and I was like, I don't know if I keep keep hitting shots. I mean, I'll probably get it tonight, but I, was, I wasn't really trying to just focus on winning the game. It's the most important thing. Maverick Card Blaze 3 with us on uh, the Team Sports Network. And like you said, it didn't happen for you as a, a high school basketball player to get to 1,000 points. But uh, just uh, the, the, the journey that you've gone on, uh, and we've talked about it, and we've talked with Mike DeGeorge about it, of learning how to read defenses, taking on the responsibility of being the point guard of this team, getting just, just comfortable playing college basketball. I mean, it's been uh, it's been a, a, an interesting journey so far for you. There's still a lot of chapters for you to write as a Maverick basketball player moving forward, Blaze, but you just have to be, you have to be real proud of what you've been able to accomplish uh, at this stage of your career. Yeah, I mean, I put in a lot of, like you guys know, I've talked about it before, I put in a lot of extra work constantly on and off my body, eating the right things, trying to do the right things just to prepare myself to go out there and perform every night. And, I mean, it's good to finally see some of the results pay off, but, I mean, there's still a long way to go. We've still got a lot of seasons ahead of us, so I just got to stay in the moment, stay focused, and really just have a one-game-at-a-time mentality like I've had all season and just go what takes me. I know going into the weekend, you were the only player in the conference that was in the top five in scoring and top five in assists. Now, unfortunately, you fell back a little bit. You're sixth in assists. Just looked at the the stats uh, in the RMAC. But, I mean, the, the, the ability to score the basketball, you're among the, you know, the best scorers in the conference and one of the best distributors. You have to take great pride in that, that you're getting it done in, in both areas offensively. Yeah, I mean, I don't really see myself as a as an elite elite scorer. I try to I try to make my game really well rounded. I mean, rebounding, assists, steals, points, everything's really important to me because as much as I can impact the stat sheet is, is just to help help us win and just doing everything is it's a lot. It's, me being more well rounded is a lot better than me just being a one dimensional player. So, just trying to impact the game every way I can and help my team win every night is the most important thing for me. Maverick Guard Blaze three with us today on the Team Sports Network. Have you heard? from any of the other members of the 1,000-point Maverick Club that said, hey, young man, welcome to the club. Congratulations. <laughs> no, I mean, I've, I've talked to Trevor's dad a little bit about it, but, I mean, obviously he got 2,000-plus in three seasons, so I have a long way to go to get to there. But, I mean, it was cool to hear from him. But other than that, just, just him, really. 
Yeah, when you're talking about John Baskin, you're talking about the man, right? You're talking about the guy that's the all-time leading scorer in in Maverick basketball history. You know, a couple of thousand point seasons in his career. Yeah, when you're when you're talking about that guy, you're talking about the the big guy, the boss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he does. He has the he has the record, and I don't think it's just scoring. I think he has multiple records. I, I mean, Trevor showed me he's not just a one a one dimensional player too. He has a is a scoring average record, a scoring a point scored record. Uh, just he has every record, so it's hard to chase that. But I mean, I'm I'm, I'm on my own route, I guess. <laughs> exactly, You've, you're carving your own path uh, in the Maverick record books. Blaze three with the CMU men's basketball team with us today on the Team Sports Network. Trevor's closing in on that, and how cool will that be if somehow it, it happens this year? You do it, Trevor does it, and that, that both of you guys are able to to make that happen in the same season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's really monumental for Trevor. Obviously, his dad, dad doing it, and Trevor, he wants to be the 20th person to do it, and he's obviously on track. So, I mean, it's not something he's striving for to trying to do it in one night. Obviously, you're not going to score a bunch of points in one night like that. But, I mean, he's just trying to stay focused and give what, take what they give him, and eventually it will obviously happen because he's not too far off. But, I mean, that's going to be a really cool moment for him and for his dad and just for his whole family to have two people in that club, which is really cool. Blaze three to the Maverick men's basketball team with us today on the Team Sports Network. Uh, we've talked about it. You guys had your 10-game winning streak snapped at Westminster. You've started the new streak with the win against Western Colorado, uh, the sweep of Regis and UCCS this past weekend. And and now it's it's time to take on the two teams that started your conference schedule. Uh, Blaze off on a, on a rocky note when you lost to Colorado School of Mines, lost a, a tough one to Metro State. It's a, it's a revenge weekend, right? A little payback weekend as you head to the front range. I mean, yeah, obviously everyone knows that that was probably the worst part of our season thus far, losing those first two games at home on our floor. And both these teams came in with a lot of energy, and I don't think we played our best ability. But, I mean, we've watched, watched a lot of film. We've seen a lot of new things incorporated in our offense and defense that we can definitely use this weekend. And we have some strategies we're going into this weekend that we're going to change. And, I mean, we're really excited to get that revenge because, I mean, it really hurt to lose those first two games at home. So, I mean, we want to get those two games on their floor and trying to even up the series. And I really think where, where you guys have made the biggest change, the biggest progress, is obviously what you're doing on the defensive end. You have the, the second-best scoring defense in the RMAC right now. You guys have been doing a tremendous job on that end of the floor. That was kind of the problem early on when you lost those those two uh, conference games yeah. to open up the schedule. Man, that's changed in a big way. I mean, you guys are still scoring – Still a really good offensive basketball team, but that defense continues to be a, a huge factor for this team. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've got to give a lot of credit to some of the guys that really stepped up and played their role. I mean, Isaac Jessup, he had four steals the other night. He's been a, just a monster on the defensive end. Christopher Speller coming off the bench, giving us a huge boost. And everyone, obviously Mack and Owen, everyone just giving us contributions off the bench and in their starting roles and everyone's kind of figuring out their role definition and that's really helping us defensively so i mean the longer the more we progress and the more we go into the season everyone's going to kind of figure out their role and we got to understand that it's a long season and we just got to get better one game at a time and you mentioned Koontz and jessup and they're both playing really well right now but uh christopher speller had a really good weekend and i i have a lot of respect for christopher speller guy had some academic issues had to step away from the team for a little bit uh, was a starter now coming off the bench, and it uh, you know I just you know, I, I have respect for guys that that have some setbacks. Blaze have some some things some obstacles in their way. They're able to to kind of fight through those. Coach to George uh, 
and Coach Boche, I'm sure encouraging obviously Christopher and you guys as well to you know for him to you know academically get back on track and all those kind of things has to be uh, great when you see a teammate who just keeps plugging away, overcomes some of those adversities, and he's now becoming once again a very valuable member, particularly off the bench right now for this basketball team. Yeah, I mean, a credit. That's just a credit to his work ethic. I mean, he's my he's my obviously my roommate and my best friend on the team. But I, I see the work he puts in. He puts working with me every day. So, just seeing the work pay off on the court, I know it means a lot to him. And just to see him do work outside of basketball and then it translate on the court, I mean, it's, it's really cool to see. And then I just want him to keep progressing and getting better every game. And same with everybody else. Like it's all everyone's on their own path. So we're all reaching towards the same goal. But I mean, individually, everyone's on their same trajectory you know what i'm saying so yeah absolutely cool yeah blaze three with us today blaze congratulations thrilled for you uh it's been it, it's been it. a sensational season and we always like to give you grief about not wearing your shirt at practice now being a member of the thousand point club i think it's just now mantra you never have to wear your shirt again at practice you, you never <laughs> i think that just needs to be you're in that you're in the thousand point club trevor wants to do that down the road if he when he gets there that should just be part of the perk of being a thousand point club member I mean, just a little side note. One thing uh, Christopher told me to do once I hit thousand points was take my shirt off, but I thought it was a little inconvenient in the middle of the game to do that. So yeah, I mean, I didn't. I kept it on there, but I mean, after the game, it was right off in the locker room. So there you <laughs> go, there you go, man. Hey, I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Blaze. Once again, congratulations and uh, best of luck this weekend. We'll have uh, both uh, the games with the uh, Cover School of Mines and Metro State right here on the Team CMU Sports Network. Thank you, Blaze. Appreciate it. All Thank right, you. take care, Blaze Three. Remember the thousand point club. Yeah, membership has its privileges. Like you don't have to you wear your shirt to practice. Shirt. Nope. Anywhere if you. Yeah. No shirt, no shoes. You know what? That doesn't that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean to anything. Him. He can walk into any place mm-hmm. now because he's a member of the thousand point club and not John Baskin wander into the gym, take off his shirt. He's absolutely all time school leading scorer. Yeah. Paul Kane, Paul. thousand point club guy. Connor Nichols. Yep. Connor Nichols. Any of those guys. Lance Hatzenbeller. Yep. Any of them. They're just you know. Shirt? Nah, I don't have to wear a shirt. Exactly. Remember the Thousand Point Club. Or the NSOC Club. No <laughs> shirt on campus club. Exactly. All right, that's our show for today. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, did you listen? Did you have some garbage time thing? Or? No. Okay. I didn't. I don't want to take that away from you if that was something. No, you're good. I was already shutting my board down. I'm like, <laughs> hey, we're done. Okay. Yeah, right. We're done today. All right, back with you tomorrow. Mark Johnson, Voice the Buffaloes, will join us tomorrow on the program. Uh, We'll also have our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week, and we'll play the Piles' favorite game on a Thursday, which is, of course, that's all coming up tomorrow at 7. Jim Rome's up next. Thanks again for joining us on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com.